All right, look at the boudoir. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, are you charging me 50p a minute for this? (laughs) Mate. Having, having a pie in bed as well. You're a man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the difference in aesthetics of background. I've got a bin. Genuinely, <laughs> 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 the bin is my back. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day scholars and welcome back to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. This is episode two and it's part two of our 2021 predictions episode. I'm your host for this week, Dom Philp on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. And we're coming to you free of charge on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. The best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. Tell someone you know about what we're doing over here. If you happen to have stumbled across this podcast and you are not from our little community of wrestling nerd fans, we'll tell someone. Maybe you came across this on Twitter. 10,000 plus followers over there. Well, why don't you tweet out what we're doing if you enjoy it? Maybe you found us on Instagram. Fewer than 10,000 followers over there. Well, maybe you'd like to add this podcast to your Instagram story. If you like what you hear, share the love because we are completely DIY. Even though we have people in the group who edit, sound and video professionally, Nope, you've got me, and this is the best that I can do. So back off. Okay, episode two. This is our second part of our predictions episode for 2021. Just in time then, Naboo. Getting it in right at the end of February. We're really, really timely here. Um, But what you're going to expect in this episode is myself running through my five predictions for the year that I made in January. And then we have Matt Connolly running through his five predictions of the year. It opens up quite a little bit of roundtable dialogue, which is the idea of this podcast. Wrestling should be fun. Trying to comment on wrestling of all time frames, of all backgrounds, of all promotions, uh, from different perspectives within our group. So, I'm up first. I'm not going to give myself a big intro like I give the other lads, obviously, because I've already done my little shtick here. But, just before we get into the audio, if you would like to see the companion article, the written piece, which probably in a lot of cases is a lot more impressive than this, head over to the website www.wrestlingshouldbefun.com. Alright, let's get into part two. How many dudes you know roll like this? How many dudes you know flow like this? Not many, infinity, not many, infinity. How many dudes you know got the skills to go and rock a show like this? Uh uh, uh uh, I don't know anybody. Check, 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 check. check, check I suppose check, I should probably say that we're doing our 2021 predictions. This is part two. Uh, we have got Ross the Boss Casey, Mr. Matthew Brummett, Matt Connolly, and Dom Phillips speaking. And uh, this is part two. So last week we had some fantastic predictions from Ross Casey and Matt Brummett. And this week I'm going to kick us off uh, with five of the best that will definitely happen in 2021. Um, So my first one was probably my biggest one and the one that I was probably most excited for. 
And that was the idea that at some point this year, we're probably going to get Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi. Um, I'm not sure whether it's going to be title versus title. I have absolutely no idea how they would book it. But when I wrote this in the first week of January, it seemed a little bit more far-fetched than what it does now in the third week of February. Um, so over the last sort of six weeks, we've had Kenta turn up in AEW. Sorry for the spoilers if you're two weeks behind weekly television. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, I really just put down something that I thought that I would like to see and something that I thought would give a bit of a jolt to the arm of the American wrestling industry. Um, and now it's looking more and more likely. I guess really what I'm looking for from you boys is um, what sort of likelihood do you guys see um, in this match taking place this year now? Because it seems like it could actually happen. For Not me, all at once. It's, it's, <laughs> for, me, for me, if they do do it, I think it's got to be really close to the end of the year. I'd prefer next year. I just think there's so much. There's so much that I think teasing it at bits and bobs before it happens is the way to go. Like I want, I want the. I'd love them to do like a, basically a, an, a like a kind of acknowledgement um, of the um, of the Omega Kota spot from the AJ Styles match. You know, I want that kind of stuff where it's like subtle. And if you know what's going on, great. But like, it shouldn't be just like, I think thrown in our faces. I think I'd, I'd like to see them do it as as well as they can and, and hold it off. I don't want to see like, I think if we saw it by like the summer or, or autumn or something like that, I think it's I think it's too soon for me. Because um, I just think there's so much mileage in, 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 in before it happens. See- See, I completely disagree. I think they should hot shot it on impact next Tuesday. I'll <laughs> <laughs> show they announce it's the main event. <laughs> and I <laughs> swerve them, bro. And I think Falabar Black Taurus. Falabar should do a run in. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> Are you um seeing this happening, Dom? Are you thinking that it's gonna be like a super show event? Where, where it's both promotions as part of one show, similar to the MSG ROH show? I No, I, I when I initially thought of it, I thought it was more likely that Kenny would go over to Tokyo. Um, I mean, uh, Matt Brummett's talking about leaving it go for a little bit longer, maybe next year. I mean, it, maybe it could happen in the first week of next year, uh, January 4th in Tokyo. I, I can't see New Japan sending their heavyweight champion over to a dynamite during COVID times, but I could definitely see um, Kenny traveling over to Japan. I mean, he, he, he loves the place. He speaks the language. He's already traveled to Mexico, probably breaking quarantine rules um, and then returning for a dynamite on the, on the Wednesday. So, I mean, I can't see too many reasons why Kenny wouldn't be able to travel. Uh, and I, I just don't think that, uh, I mean, you might think that AEW are getting the short end of that stick, but I'm sure they can work something out. I mean, Tony Khan's got enough money and he's a wrestling fan. He would want to see it happen too. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, my thing would be with the whole thing is like, I'm I'm sort of edging towards Brummett in that I think next year is probably more likely just because, I can imagine Omega's going to have a heavy low this year with, with feuds and I presume most people are thinking that there'll be another page feud 
going through maybe the summer and stuff. So you do have the end of the year to then get it in. Um, I'm not sure like what New Japan's plans are for Kota with the belt. He doesn't strike me as a long-term champion either. So they, it could be like Wrestle Kingdom next year is one of the attraction matches as opposed to one of the title matches. Like, Or even if it's for the AEW title on a New Japan show, then AEW again, the rub of having their belt on a on another show maybe. But I'm just not sure where my hunger is for it. Like it did happen like less than two years ago, right? Or was it three years ago when they had the G1 match? And like, obviously that's way more than enough time for them to go again. I'm just like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with it. Like I'd be on like a seven out of 10 excitedness. The, the, excite, the, the excitement for me isn't necessarily the match though. It's just, just the idea that the two champions from these two companies could work together and what it might symbolize. And just again, like the next chapter in the story that seems to have been going for 10 years, there's, there's people listening to this definitely that know more about the history and stuff than I do. But I mean, it, it just, you know, it, it seems like those two are connected. It's a, it's a Kevin Steen, El Generico sort of thing. They, and I mean, I just, now that they're both the champions of the two respective companies, I mean, I, I just think, uh, even though it would be the most difficult thing to book, it also just books itself. Well, in, t- in terms of the booking, actually, the thing that they've got going for themselves is Kenny Omega is now a, a proper, you know, a proper glitz heel. So they can they can do cantankerous stuff and it'd be okay. And actually, it's interesting about um, uh, Matt alluding to the pay, the page feud, because what they could do if they want to go long-term booking is actually do it the other way. And, and at Wrestle Kingdom, you're after not really mentioning the page stuff for a long time. You could do a Bushi Omega. You could get Good Brothers or whoever you want to get involved, some, some Bullet Club nonsense. And actually, it's Paige that comes in unannounced, like no one knows he's in Japan, and makes the save. And then Ibushi beats Omega, like a non-title match, but to set up to set up Paige uh, um, Omega. And then no one no one loses. AEW get their big feud highlighted on, on New Japan. Um, Omega, even though he tried to do it, Healy is kind of saved because Paige is involved there and Ibushi fundamentally wins. Um, I think that, that probably tick all boxes. And I just and I and I just think that they um well I, I just think that the two boys would would really be keen for it as well. I mean I don't know maybe, oh, yeah. maybe they maybe they hate each other I don't know but it, it would seem that they would be open to working together and they would probably move heaven and earth to do it. Yeah, um, if they can't make it work, they can always do Ibushi versus Nakazawa at Wrestle yeah. Kingdom, <laughs> which I uh, would watch that. <laughs> Not gonna, not gonna look down on it. I would, I would absolutely love to see Ibushi throwing himself around neck first, um, <laughs> like for, for for Nakazawa. I don't well, like. Well, <laughs> well, I wonder what sort of head drop moves Nakazawa could do, could pull out <laughs> on the on the big stage. Um, my my next prediction, number two for me. Um, let's. I'm gonna mix my order up a little bit. So this, if you are a religious reader of the Wrestling Should Be Fun website, that's WrestlingShouldBeFun.com. Um, you might now see that the order of my predictions has shifted around just for logistical reasons here on the podcast. Um, I'm going to bring forward. I said that at some point this year that I felt that a young star hero over here in the UK, Tate Mayfair's, I, it's a pretty wishy-washy prediction, but I just 
he was going to break through at some point this year. It really, in my mind, put a little bit of meat on the bone. I felt that it probably would take uh, the form of just being able to wrestle regularly on progress uh, main roster shows. Now, we say main roster, like it's the WWE or something, but um, they he, he has wrestled on the pre-show at the Electric Ballroom before. Um, and I, I just think... I could see him really being someone that progressed. Obviously, they've got a lot of slots open um, to try to fill this year when they do relaunch starting tomorrow night as we take this. Probably already happened by the time you listen to this. And um, it just wouldn't surprise me if Tate Mayfair's was there, um, whether it's on this first show or whether it's when fans come back. Um, do you, should I, I guess, should I tell people a little bit about him? Maybe. Sounds good. So he, so a young guy, Good-looking chap, um, really handsome, and that's kind of his gimmick. If I had to describe his gimmick for uh, someone that was listening and didn't follow British wrestling or had never seen him, it would probably be a little bit like a Dolph Ziggler type of character, that kind of good-looking, arrogant but fundamentally sound um, type of operator, um, and also you know the ability to do things that would be flashy, at the, at the level that he's wrestling at the moment. You know, he's not a Will Ospreay or Alex Zane or anything like that, but, you know, he, he definitely stood out on the shows that I saw him again in the Edmonton High School gym. Um, and, like, just he, he's, he's one of those hustle guys and he's sort of the, he's the leader of that whole hustle camp. Uh, him and Rob Aim are uh, the two main singles guys now that Pretty Deadly are gone. So um, I just I just think it would make all the sense in the world for him to break out. Um, he he's at every independent wrestling show I go to working on the ring crew. It's only a matter of time, surely. We you decide not to see him at NPS, Dom. I you know what I really was um, when he when he wasn't in those names for NPS, I was surprised. But then it made me double down with my prediction that maybe he's even ranked above those um, eight boys oh, and right. mate. Maybe he will go straight to the main shows. I could be completely wrong. Like, the, and you know, full disclosure: the reason that I think so highly of him is because I somewhat know him, um, and you know, I, I know enough of him to know his name, and he knows my name. You know, so maybe I'm completely blowing it out of the water just because I know who he is. But um, yeah, we'll see. It, it, it seriously wouldn't surprise me if he turned up. Um, in these first sort of three shows that Progress have already taped. And, and I don't know any spoilers, but just in case anyone's gone, shut the fuck up, Philp. I don't, I don't know any spoilers, but it wouldn't surprise you me think if it, he was there. Do you think it'd be a good fit for DNR? Uh, 100%. Assuming that they, that they may, be, may be missing a member on return. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. He, he would 100% be a good fit there. Um, can cut a promo... Uh, would fit it would fit in very very well with the other characters that are there, Duggan and Trevay. He's, yeah. he's got a bit of Trevay about him actually, from from what I've seen of it. Of him. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a little bit there. He well, I mean, he he does he doesn't drink champagne on the way to the ring or anything, but he in all his promo shots and stuff, he has champagne with him. Um, yeah. In terms of um, as someone who's never seen him, because I actually missed the show that he was on the pre-show as well. So sadly, I've, I've actually never seen him, Dom. He yeah. sat like from what you've described. Is he kind of, in in terms of character and kind of um, build, is he kind of Josh Bowden? A little, a little bit. Um, but he's, I think he's a lot more likable 
um, maybe not his character, but I, I yeah, think from something like character wise, not I, I, I think <laughs> Chipman's more likable than Josh Bowden. <laughs> I think I the, you can cut that out if you want. The the different well, um, oh yeah, well, I've cut all this out. <laughs> um, the <laughs> the uh, the difference between uh, Mayfair's and Bodum, I think Bodum, like, kind of, um, he had that kind of hard nut part of his character, didn't he? Yeah. Mate, definitely towards the end where he was sort of like, not he, he was kind of like the pretty boy, but he was also like almost like the shooter, tough guy. That, he started having those matches with Ridgeway and stuff, didn't he, that were really good. And he, oh, were you guys there for that one with Ishii? Yeah, 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 that was good. Ishii just absolutely murdered him. I, that You know what? I, I, get me started on Bodum because I, I was like a low-key closet Bodum fan until, you know, the stuff came out. But yeah. you, weren't, um, you weren't quite out the closet like Alex Hitchcock. No, <laughs> but I, I, was looking, I was looking through my phone just recently this week and I found the photo of Alex, me and Bodum and Pete. Um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, he was, ugh, you know, the the classic catchphrase of the douchebag, but he was always nice to me. Um, and it, uh, so I'm definitely cutting that out too. It makes me sound like a rapist or something. You're like the, you're like the next door neighbor, aren't you? Like, it was always really lovely. Eighteen bodies. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see it coming at all. Is there um, is there any matches or anything online that you would recommend of him or anything like that or? Um, so where he started to get a little bit of steam uh, was in Riptide. So um, if you have access to a, uh, the old Riptide subscription, obviously Riptide aren't doing shows at the moment. I think that um, I think that, that would be the most mainstream thing where you could find Mayfair's work. I'm going to check him out. I'm, I'm definitely going to check him out. I just um, put into YouTube Tate Mayfair's to see what matches would come up first. And the first two matches that come up are Sid Scala and David Starr. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's wrestled some uh, some guys. Takes it, it. It definitely takes the sting off what I just said about Josh Bodum and and, <laughs> and I, don't, I don't feel so bad. Um, let's keep the show moving here. Um, so, okay, that's two down. Uh, number three, uh, speaking of Sid Scala and David Starr, um, one of my other predictions was that I felt that Marty Skull was going to sign with WWE. I don't really have any reasoning behind this. It was just a way really for me to write down on paper my um, weird conflicted emotions towards Martin. Um, I just, he was my favourite wrestler. And now I haven't watched him wrestle in probably two years because it just wasn't anywhere. And then it's sort of like out of sight, out of mind. And then the, the speaking out stuff came and it was sort of like, well, this is an easy, um, an easy rope to cut, really. Um, but then I sort of thought, well, what's next for him? And I just thought, well, why not? Probably get signed by the biggest wrestling company in the world. That's just the way things work, right? Um, I, think I don't know. Do you could, had signed him. I think I think if WWE if he was on WWE's books, I think they'd have probably kept him. But I don't think they're going to bring him in. I think that's the line for me. I think it's just too when you when you go when you go and sign someone who was released by Ring of Honor. I mean, fucking Ring of Honor, like like not they're not a moral company. Well, obviously not anymore. Like um, like so if 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 they're going to part ways with him, like it, it is it is horrendous PR for WWE to bring him in. I think horrendous. 
he also plays he, the accusations against him are going to play even worse in America, right? With the um, the legal age thing being different here to there. So I suppose there's that on top of what he's been accused of. I this this is another time when I I see like I've brought this one up, so I can't really go quiet. But I I'm also sort of well known amongst our group for being very uneducated on all the specific speaking out cases it's almost like i just i kind of know the bare bones so for me to comment on legal ages and stuff i i just don't know exactly what the case um against him was it like for me i i just went throughout the whole speaking out thing i just pretty much said that i stood with the um accusers and then I didn't really always look into the nuts and bolts of each story, you know? So I, it, yeah, so I, I do apologize for not being able to comment too much about that side of things. Yeah, me. I mean, um, I, 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 actually what happened with that one, but it's just more the fact that literally if, if someone part, I know they didn't specifically say it, but obviously parted ways with ROH for stuff connected to this. And then for WWE to, I just think for WWE to pick him up, whatever the, whatever the hell's happened, I, I think that's from, well, from WWE, you know, because WWE don't care about the morality of it at all. I mean, obviously, but they, um, it's like the last thing on their mind, but they'll, they'll care about the PR and like, and I just, I just think it's, yeah, I, I, I think it'd be a, a very, very, very bold move for them after he was, he's basically all right. Do you think, very bold move. do you think that he would potentially be interesting WWE as a booker rather than uh, rather than as an on-screen talent? I I think that what would be interesting as well now, like I was just sort of trying to think about it, almost playing devil's advocate to myself. And it I I also just wonder if I wonder what sort of draw he would even be for WWE now. Like I, I think that if it was going to be anything it would have to be NXT UK, but I, I actually, I, just, I actually disagree with that. I think he would be bigger in the US NXT. Do you think? He do you was like, well over. He was the biggest in Ring of Honor. He was Ring of Honor, wasn't he? For for like the the sort of uh, 2019, all I ever heard about was Mighty Skull in Ring of Honor, like that. Crowds loved it. He's very much hot topic. Um, being the elite. YouTube channel like and I think the bad smell around him was more based in Britain than it was in America personally it's probably yeah was, I mean, it, was it all in when he when he fought Okada because he was really over then yeah. yeah it was yeah yeah really he's crazy over if I remember rightly but like I mean he fought fucking Okada you know what I mean like, and they went long right we're in the main <laughs> allegedly <laughs> allegedly allegedly <laughs> I, I don't think that's allegedly anymore. I think that's, I think basically everyone's. So, but yeah, anyway, but yeah, I, I just. But on the Booker thing, Rossi, like, I don't think WWE really values people creative creatively. It's not something like I, I couldn't see them like bringing someone in that will cause a PR storm to be like a to be a Booker, like or to be like even a road agent because I just don't, I don't think it's something they care about. I, I don't think it's like the I'm lowest just, of their their thing. I'm just posing that question because. From what I've read, it sounds like Pritchard is doing double duty at the moment and he's knackered and they want someone to write Raw. I feel like, is that a possibility for Skull? 
I mean, that I, I think that's quite a big leap from wrestler to that job. I mean, I I think you're more likely to get that. They'd be more likely to sign like a writer for that type of job, right? If it, if it was girl um, taking a behind the scenes job, it'd be more like what uh, Carino does at NXT, right? Like kind of like Wait, coaching. Saying, and... Bruce Pritchard writing the main writer on like WWE now. I'm yeah. not surprised that shit is such a objectionable cunt of a human being, isn't it? <laughs> so. It it so so they say, um, but I on his podcast he always comes across okay, but I guess I come across okay on this, and you know <laughs> they my, must have different creative teams on those shows though they're so different. Raw and SmackDown, I they feel different. Pritchett, Pritchett is definitely smacked down. Um, for like he, I think he, the buck stops with him on SmackDown. Uh, that's just what I hear from the podcast every week. I don't know what I don't know about Raw though. I I do know, like I know what you're saying though, Ross. Like it, all we hear is that you know Pritchett's working twenty hours a day and running the whole show there, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. Hopefully his heart will go. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, now. <laughs> What, like literally <laughs> to I, w- I went to a show I think it was that thing that Cody did like I was there. do you remember that weird promotion that that they had yeah, like fight and fight and forever, after right? it yeah that yeah that was it and they did like a because he's got that podcast with the um with with the car salesman fella Con- the, Conrad the big, Conrad Thompson yeah the the um yeah they uh and I watched a bit of that and I watched it for like five or ten minutes like. Like oh, just and then, oh, everyone laughing, and he, I just had to leave. I was just like, <laughs> "This is horrendous." Everyone laughing. I had to. What society become? Just like just oh, like that Bruce Pritchard. I just like I like I never really, apart from in um, the brother love stuff and hearing he was kind of in the background of bucketing. Like it's the first time I've actually, and I I don't think I'd ever like found a human being more objectionable in my life. In those five minutes at that show, I was just like, "What an odious, self-serving, like lying piece of shit he is." <laughs> so yeah, so it's interesting that I've like now for, for um, yeah, I I I've not watched the Royal Rumble, which which was quite honestly, um, I've not watched the main roster in a, in a long long time. So it's a bit of a surprise to me that he was doing stuff on it, and it definitely doesn't make me want to rush back at that. that absolute limpet of a human being is connected with it. There Sorry, is. And should be fun. Um, there is uh, there is absolutely no question that any each and every person that's listening to this right now would much rather listen to Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson's podcast than ours. <laughs> like there there is there is no well, one else there, there is no one else on planet Earth that like that is like Brummett that knows Bruce Pritchard from other things other than his podcast. That's like, that's, <laughs> that's how he became like a, a household name. And you're there like pretending you don't know the co-host name. <laughs> that, that's like, like everyone, everyone at home no, I, I, is, I, I, is screaming at their phones right now. I, I'm not like, I'm not like a casual wrestling fan, right? I genuinely know my wrestling, but I don't know, like, because I don't really do, I don't listen to any wrestling podcasts or anything. So I don't, I don't really know that kind of thing. Um, I'm just like a, a boring dweeb listening to economics podcasts and stuff. So I, I, I've just better, like I, that's what wrestling is for me. There's a lot of stuff that I know inside out, but then like big, I'm 
big massive black holes and that kind of the, the Twitter community and the podcast community and all that that kind of stuff I'm I'm not aware of. I'd know if if it was like a, a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I'd guess Conrad Thompson if I saw the name down because I got yeah. on the old um, like the Reddit and stuff like that. So I'd recognise the name and I'd know it, but it wouldn't be on the top of my brain. Oh, I'll say it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? And he's so he's he's also not only is he like the most successful man in wrestling podcasting, but he's he also is married to Ric Flair's daughter, Brum. Did you know that? She's no, she's with um, <laughs> Albert, isn't she? That is that out of date. I told you I don't know this stuff. Definitely the other, with him, wasn't she? Almas. Yeah, yeah, they're they're still going strong. Different one, Rick. Rick, Le- Rick. It's it's the it's Lacey Evans's unborn child. No, 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 no. That's, that's enough. That's enough. Uh, Rick Flair's got another dog. I've made a silly mistake there, haven't I? Uh, so like, so lads, it's also weird. it'd have been a bit weird for you to call Charlotte Rick. Thinking about yeah. we're we're twenty minutes into episode. <laughs> Rick Flair's got a daughter who does a bit of wrestling. Yeah, the end. Yeah. Twenty minutes into episode Sorry, two, and we've right. officially jumped the shark, lads. That's it. Shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, breaking, I've got, I've got... breaking news: Conrad Thompson's married to Charlotte. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that blonde one. She's sometimes on WrestleMania. What's who is she? Um, <laughs> does the three sixty moonsault? Um, okay, I got uh, number four. Um, I thought that. COVID depended again that we might get Drew McIntyre versus Tyson Fury um, in London, probably at Wembley Arena um, at some point. I, you know, I, I happen to know a guy that seems to manage them both or have close contacts with both. Um, our Armstrong, no, that's too obvious. Rob, uh, no, both too obvious. Um, and it would seem that maybe that could happen at some point, but I don't know, maybe plans have changed. That was a long time ago that I had a drunken conversation about this topic. Um, so we're probably not going to get too many people, too many ideas here, but would you guys like to see that? It won't get me off my seat, really, I, I, I must admit, but the promos would be a lot of fun. Just... Did you see that one promo of Fury just calling Drew a shithouse over and over again? (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Mate, I'm here for it. I think that. I reckon that would be so good. Do you think it would be a good, like, within the realms? Like, how watchable do you think the match would be? Like, I'd be along for it, but I don't think it would be any good. (laughs) But you know what what I've figured out about, like, WWE celebrity matches there aren't any ever where people at the end of it don't say, oh, that celebrity actually did a really good job. Like, it, that's, what, that's what people can, like, I mean, old mate from the radio, um, the, the punter in NXT, Ford Adam Cole, Pat. Pat McAfee. Yeah, Pat. I thought Pat. he was the exception that everyone did like. Jenna Maraska. <laughs> I, Jenna Maraska, best match in TNA history. <laughs> Um, the guy from the guy from Arrow. Yeah, he was. Yeah, oh, he was yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Flo- good, Floyd Mayweather at WrestleMania. That was good. Have you seen that the dude from um, that that had that match with Cody? He's doing a, a like program that's filming at the moment about wrestling and CM Punk's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the guy, What's someone will know the guy from that? Stephen Stephen Amell. Amell. I know, yeah. That's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that show's about, Ross? 
Um, I think it's like basically an independent wrestler. That's got, like, like that's, got, the, got, like that's that, the main character. That that up and comer, Phil Brooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, Fury has he's got one match under his belt, right? Him and Braun have a little little tussle. So he's got a taste for it, maybe. I, was that match? I never watched that match. Was that awful? I was about to ask that same question. Oh. I, I wasn't that impressed with it. But I don't think that I was supposed to be, really. It was more the fact that yeah. WWE were able to get the current world champion of boxing in a, in a wrestling ring. Like That's amazing, isn't it? Wrestling's also really hard. Yeah. Like, I think I, I thought it was right. Did he, he did, like, a head scissors and stuff, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was all right. What's that? We, we, we watched that, Ross. We were drinking pretty heavily from memory. <laughs> maybe maybe that's that might have clouded my my view. Do you, so like do, do you guys think that that could happen? Like I reckon it's a pretty good chance. I think it's got a good chance. Yeah. My only question for it is COVID. Yeah. I think it that it possibly might have already happened in this at this point had COVID not happened. I don't think it drops in value though leaving it, does it? Like unless something horrific happens in the next sort of year or even two years like that match will still be fine to hold then in terms of hype like i can't see either of them dropping in name value i can only see them getting higher in name value if you know what i mean especially especially over here like if they do it in london like like people would still pay to see ricky hatton wrestle i think in london like it wouldn't (laughs) I i don't think and like even if, like, someone might say, oh, if, you know, if Joshua knocks Fury out later this year, I don't think that changes anything. No. I think it probably makes the wrestling match more likely to happen. Do you reckon that... Um... Do, you, do, you think, do you think they'd be better off doing it in, like, a parochial, like, Manchester or something like that? Like, because Wood is... Because, obviously, um, he needs no Bruce Pritchard, but Tyson Fury's <laughs> a pretty objectionable human being, and I could see London fans not really being turned on by it, but... Um, I'm not saying people are terrible up north, I'm not sure, lad, but I think that I think probably the London wrestling community is different to the the larger wrestling communities in the other parts of the country. It's the way we're really less less aware of of like yeah yeah less involved in that kind of stuff, less I woke. Would be right if we were talking about a smaller promotion than the WWE. I think like if you go to like Raw, that's or fair. That's fair, Ross. Yeah, like the audience isn't. Similar to our bubble, I don't think. I I also think that you like you do it in London, you'll draw a lot of people that aren't wrestling fans too. I, I think I think that like like the Tyson Fury show, I think draws people. It doesn't matter what he's doing. I think if you if you put him in an arena against a wrestler, I think people will go out and see it. Like boxing, I don't know, maybe I'm delusional about that. Yeah. But I think people that aren't normally going to wrestling shows will go. Um, you know, all, all those yeah. northern bastards. Well, um, people always say that. So I, I, I'm not. It, it, it's been. A... So I was just about to, to say that um, people always say that AEW copy WWE and WWE copy AEW. If if both of these title title matches happen, <laughs> that'll be the case again. Oh, WWE are just copying <laughs> Omega versus Ibushi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ty, Ty, Tyson Fury is the best kickboxer that British wrestling has. <laughs> Um, all right. On, on, on that, on a connected note, have you guys? I've not been to um, I've not been to like a, a WWE like 
Raw, SmackDown, he house show in a long time. What is the sort of demographic wrestling fans? Like kids. a proper wrestling fans, or is it just is it just kids really? I went to casual Raw and it was like casual around fans. us at Raw when I went to Raw in Manchester 2017, 18, and it was like all kids and they love everything and it's brilliant. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but obviously there is still, you know, you get the, the same sort of fans you would get out, say, a progress show, but they're outnumbered by families and oh, just right, okay. casual fans. Uh, I, okay. I, so... My, my most recent WWE experience was NXT in London, I think, which is quite a few years ago now. But that that was more of a progress style audience. Yeah, yeah that's different. I think that's different. But, you know. but I did I did go to a Raw that same year, and I, I had like this lovely experience where like it was I was on my own. It was sort of when I first moved to the UK, and I was just on my own, just drinking beer. And then next to me, it was like kid, 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 three young boys, probably all ten or eleven. And then obviously the one dad that drew the short straw to bring them, these three <laughs> kids who weren't, they weren't brothers. They're obviously just mates and like the one dad who probably paid for all their tickets. And I remember like, I like walked outside of intermission and rang my dad like in tears to thank him for taking me to shit that he didn't want to go to when I was a kid. Like I had like a real emotional moment. I was like, that's my dad. Like he used to take me and my idiot friends to stuff <laughs> that he didn't want to go to. To and, like, he, um, that WCW show in 2000. <laughs> yep he did the exact that's the exact answer it was me me and my two mates and dad just sitting there he you know he didn't have a mobile phone but he would have been on it if he had it like he just he just, <laughs> he just had no interest at all after that the was, first not yeah. to like jump in on what was an absolutely adorable story but that sort of happened to the people that were sat near us when bailey came out this little girl went bananas like Grabbing her dad, <laughs> just wanting her dad to see Bailey. I don't think she oh. couldn't handle that Bailey had turned up. That was like one of the moments where because that was the time when Bailey was like getting criticized by the internet community. She's a bland baby face since she's gone main roster. No, how can anyone like this character? And then when you see like an eight-year-old girl freaking out for her, you go, Well, that's what it's for, isn't it? Especially like yeah. War and SmackDown. Like if, if Bailey turned up in progress, that would be my <laughs> reaction. I'd be <laughs> yeah. I'd be shaking. Yeah, I, I fucking love Bailey. I, that's one of the things I miss most about the, 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 not watching the main roster is Bailey. But by we the way, guys, Tom's just saying all that for the podcast. He actually just called the kids a bunch of marks and kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I make more money than you. <laughs> chill, chill. <laughs> if you can, if you can, if you can bounce this basketball ten times, I'll give you a hundred dollars. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right, that was, that was my number four. Uh, number five, I, I've held this one back for last because I also know that Matt Connolly has a similar one. So maybe this is our chance to do a little bit of a smooth transition in the podcast um, to my last one and maybe Matt's first one, if you don't mind, Matt, doing it that way. So um, I, I that I thought that Karrion Cross um, kind of wrote, uh, flying in the face of what everybody else was saying about Karrion Cross being NXT's main star for this year and winning their title again. I said that he was going to skip all that, go straight to the main roster and win a main roster title before the end of the year. Um, and I know that's pretty generic, but I, when I wrote it, it seemed like a pretty big call. Um, and Matt, I know you said something similar. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our final participant in the Predictions Podcast. Introducing North London born, North London bred. When the time's right, he'll be North London dead. Matthew Big Laddie Cool Connolly. Hey guys, it's me again. Real, real quick one. Um, just keep in mind that we tape this segment of the podcast before Elimination Chamber, before Progress's first show back, and before any announcements were made about title matches at WrestleMania. Okay, so keep an open mind. Here's Big Laddie Cool. Yeah, I think I pretty much said the same. Like he'll be on main roster winning something by the end of this year because he's got everything that the main roster needs like the packaging and the look being and he's obviously serviceable in the ring whether you rate him as a complete technician that can put on five-star matches or someone that's just fine like he's good enough to be on that main roster he's got the experience and he just looks like a million dollars with an amazing entrance and Scarlett I think sets him apart from a lot of the NXT people that get called up like I'm I thought like someone like Alistair Black or Ricochet like everyone else you think they'll find a spot because they're that good and they've got a look and it hasn't quite worked for either of them, like whatever level you rate it on. Cross, I just don't, I can't see how they get it wrong. And I, and I do think they'll fast track him because of that. Like they'll just see him and go, money. Yeah. And they, like I, my, my big thing as well was the package with Scarlet. I just, like, it, it's just an incredible package. Like I, and I think I wrote, or maybe I mentioned it after I wrote the article, like, I don't know why TNA didn't have them paired together. Like in TNA, like it just seems like it's they just it, they just dropped the ball there. Like because TNA it, got a, TNA right. A, say it again, mate. Sorry. TNA. I miss I miss that both times. Yeah, same. <laughs> say say the joke again. Say it again. <laughs> I said TNA gonna TNA. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to say it one more time? Just to no, repeat three times. The um, to be fair though, when Cross first came into TNA, that was cool, like without Scarlet. But over time, they should have definitely utilized them as a pair. But the initial um, like when he was leaving the crosses on people's bodies and just laying them out without knowing who it was, that was quite cool. I so you know, a lot of people seem to have this thing with Cross about like, oh, he's not the best in ring. But I mean, at what he does, like throwing those suplexes and then choking someone out. Saito suplexes. It's fantastic. I think it's, I think it's great. Like I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's proper Taz stuff. I think um, me and Bram had the same conversation or maybe Matt actually, um, the episode on NXT where he, where he fought um, Damien Priest. And then he started to use this new finisher that's not a, that's not a basically boring sleeper hold. Um, it just makes his package so much more appealing in terms of a work rate guy as well. Because that finish, it falls flat every time I felt previously. The 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 cross cross jacket, I think it's called. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. On, but, on, jumping gears a bit on cross, um, I know it kind of flies in the face of your. Or prediction, Don. Maybe not, not not as much as yours, Matt. Where he could could still obviously have an NXT run and then end up in WWE at the end of the year. But do you? What's the chance of him beating 
Balor at Mania? Um, I, I mean, I, I think it could happen. I, but see, like my, my thinking, I think it's more like for the ballistics around NXT than Cross. I, I, I suppose in what Brum's suggesting, though, Balor gives it enough name value to put it on Mania, right? Is that what you're sort of? Yeah. So, so yeah. because then you get the you, then you get the double thing because what happens is Cross 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 beats Balor, and then you and then he's not seen in WWE for on main roster until. Survivor Series or whatever, like eight, seven, eight months later, and then he comes in, and it was like, "Fuck, he's the guy that beat that beat Balmania." You know what I mean? Like they know it, it'll be a big fucking deal. And then he, and then he comes. It might might also do good for NXT's uh, viewing figures if people see this fucking beast of a guy with this and this like, like fucking interesting. Can I, can I say valet? Or am I sounding a bit eighties? interesting valet on his arm and like does all that shit and then they're like oh well the, the michael cole could be like the only place you can see him is wednesday nights on nxt or whatever and have all that stuff and um and finn doesn't lose anything i think i, I don't actually think that means finn going back to main roster i think it's still stay around uh, for a bit but i think that you have you could have cross that, that I, I i mean if i was if i was like doing it and wanted to get him over at the end of the year i think the best way to do it would be him going over finn at mania but i don't know I so I mean obviously for that to happen I think that Adam Cole will have to fall down some stairs or something. Um, I, I, well, I, I disagree. I, I, I think I, I think instead what they'll do rather than having Cole go over Finn, I think they'll probably do a four-way match or something, maybe with Roddy or Pete or whatever, and Kyle and whoever whoever's in it. Um, they don't do a straight up singles match next for for Cole and Finn, and then it basically that match Finn with a belt, um, and then they have uh, they just have the the Cole Kyle feud not for the title, which is what they definitely which is what they what they should do because then because then the thing is you have you get the double pop for Kyle because then what you, uh, what you get with him is he can he can go over Cole finally in may or june and then either in when you 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 guys with your guys prediction that cross goes to the main roster either cross cross jobs to kyle which i think is unlikely or cross vacates the title and they do some sort of tournament over and kyle wins that so you get the double rub for kyle rather than just beating cole and winning the title because i think going over cole doesn't need the title. I think you can do that separately. You get a double, you get a double bounce rather than just doing it all in one night. It makes sense. It's it's far more intricate booking than what I had prepared. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, in terms of you're saying that he would win um, a title on on the roster. The last time that I can re- remember an NXT champion going straight to the main roster and really making an, an impact at the top of the roster is, is Owens. And I love the way that they brought Owens in by having him uh, beat Cena. Um, mm, whilst, whilst, like, whilst still the, the, the NXT champion did, and they took a little bit of the progress thing with Pete Dunne, where he um, kind of stood over the NXT title and held, o- and held over the US title and stuff like that. Yeah. That, was re- that was really, really cool. I think, Killer Cross needs t- to do something like that if he comes up because I think too many times now they they're, they're really they're really dropping the ball with NXT guys. It, in particular, I'm thinking about people like Shayna Baszler who should have won that title at WrestleMania. 
I I think that someone asked me like, like how I see it happening, and I, I think I just said like sometimes we forget how long a year in like WWE time really is. Like I like so so much happens in a year of programming now, and so many different feuds and stuff. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all if Cross turned up at Survivor Series, dominated in a Survivor Series elimination match, and then won the US title at the December pay per view TLC. Do you know, like, I and that that is so far away and down the track. Like, who, who knows what could happen before then? But, I think it's a, that um, both of you are, are very much likely to hit that one personally. Yeah. Um, so that that was my last one and Matt's first one. So I'm I'm giving Connolly the hot tag. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the hot tag. I can't remember the order that I um, said mine in, so I'm just going to go for the one I can remember first. Um, and that is that Roman Reigns will hold the belt without dropping it for the rest of this year. Um, and to be honest, if I was doing it right now, I might even extend that to Drew. I just think they're both the perfect champions for their brands at the moment. And like they're both like complete WWE guys, obviously. Um, like They're exactly what they want as their champions, but I don't see anyone in the field of competitors. And like you say, a year is a long time. Loads of stuff can change. Injuries, obviously. I just think both, like Roman especially, is just that character right now just needs to be let go on a tear, break the the Punk or AJ Styles record. I can't remember which one of them's got the modern day record now for longest title reign. I think they need to let Roman just fly through and break that and just become dominant, as dominant as you can be booked. I don't see anyone taking it off him this year, basically. As dominant as Jason Sizem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a thousand days, <laughs> I, but, or Nick Aldis, right? We'll see on. He's on like a thousand days, isn't he? Yeah, I just don't see anyone. I mean, feel free to tell me there's this guy that's ready, but I don't think there's a story good enough right now to like, unless they were going to like build the Big E stuff at this mania, which they're not going with. I don't see a story that from a guy that I would want to see go and beat Roman right now. I, I'm much more. And I might get fatigued on it, but I'd rather Roman be just knocking all the baby faces down for at least another year. Does so? So then, Conley is the question. I go and push Bruce Pritchard down the stairs when COVID finishes, and um, you get um, you you get the key, you get the keys to the kingdom. WrestleMania twenty twenty two, Drew and Roman are still both with the champ, still both with their respective titles. Who they're dropping the belts to in in. 15 months I think with Drew like even though I said I would keep the belt on him because I think he's a great champion once crowds start coming back in you can have someone cash in on him it doesn't have to be the Miz now money in the banks in May you can have a new winner some up and coming heel guy on the roster I can't think of the top of my head I don't know Apollo Crews let's say him gets a <laughs> massive push as a heel cashes in on Drew wins the belt and then you have Drew chase him and win it back at a big show like that's what I'd do with, in terms of taking the belt off Drew um, but in terms of what building for a big mania match, if they were both champion a year from now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So, so in your thing, they they go all the way, they go all the way this cal- calendar year, and they go more. They go to the start of next year. Well, the big question is Roman. Who would you think get will get the super Roman rub of finally beating him? Sting well, Hogan kind of stuff. I still who, want gonna... it to be Big E. I know that's like big one e. that the internet one. I, I think it's true. I think it's. It taps into all the good things about the Kofi thing, but it's a younger guy and he's massive and it's believable and he's got so much charisma and all the good things. Like he is a marketable champion, I think. And I do think they'd make a lot of money with Big E as the champion. So if they can build it the right way, get an organic 
because those like great mania babyface like i'm not saying they can get to the levels of like a daniel bryan at 30 but they could definitely build it to the point of like the kofi one where it is like a biggie mania thing and he has to win it then and it's and it's one of the things where wrestling fans are gagging for it so it is it is great that they do it i think he's the guy but in a year's time i might think that i don't know there's another dude that comes along from nxt or even someone on the roster now that like chad gable or something and they do it with them you like say years at a time i i haven't i haven't necessarily thought too much about like big e and stuff but um and i have a follow-up question too in a sec but i'm imagine if it was like wrestlemania 6 and big e held the intercontinental title for a year and then you know you like you had warrior hogan the ultimate challenge too big e versus roman i yeah i'll allow it um but um, I was going to say, like, and I'm sure Ross has got some insight here, but talking about next year's mania, like, I, I don't even know because I don't read sports betting sites. I don't even know what's going to happen at this year's mania. Like, is is it just like a lay down Mazer that Edge is going after Drew? Is that the thing? Like, I, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm not sure either. Um, I... I personally would want Edge to go after Roman just because you, you have the added thing, like I said about last week, with the Usos up against Edge and Christian at the same time, which I think is a really cool little story. Um, but but um, going in terms of having it for the whole year, I think he's got an extra helping hand in that. I don't think Miz is cashing in this year. Um, I'm not saying that Miz would have cashed in on Roman, but it alleviates that, but those odds, because surely... This this um, guy Bad Bunny, he's doing amazing money for um, the WWE. Apparently, his merchandise sales are close yeah, to thousand dollars or something. Um, you've you've absolutely got to get that guy on WrestleMania, and it looks like he's got this thing with Damian Priest. And I think the uh, easy um, solution to uh, WrestleMania matches for Bad Bunny or Damian Priest to um, stop a cash in and that to, to then be a tag team match with, with Miz and Morrison at Mania. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it would seem that that's where they're working that way. Um, but I, I just, like, even, because like, it's Elimination Chamber this week, right? Yeah. I've I got no idea what's going to happen with that. Like, the SmackDown one, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. Um, I watched Talking Smack last week, and it was really, really good. Um Daniel Bryan gave this impassioned um, speech to, to Paul Heyman, basically saying that um, him and him and Cesaro are workhorses. But Daniel Bryan has been given countless opportunities with the mic to show his passion for his voice, not just in the ring. And he said that, that like now it's but like now it's Cesaro's time, and and Cesaro cut the promo of his life. It's like, it's like a four minute promo, basically saying how passionate he is about wrestling and how how much it means to him to win the chamber on Sunday and then go on to face Reigns afterwards. And to me, that's the way to go and have um, Cesaro have the match against um, Reigns and then obviously lose because that's, because that's what we're doing here where um, Connolly's thing's coming through and he's got to hold it for the next 12 months. The Reigns, the, the, the Reigns match after the Elimination Chamber has to just be a, a Goldberg spear yeah. one, two, three match, right? Yeah. Like the, the winner of the Chamber has to like put in the performance of their life and then Roman cuts them down and beats them. That's why it has to be Cesaro wins, right? Because like it makes sense that he would put on this fire show 
uppercut and throw everyone all over the place. And then he's absolutely knackered Roman Spear one, two, three. Like is it not is could it not be the same story with Nakamura? Nakamura in it. I don't even know. Yeah, in it. Because... Is he not? Oh, okay, fair enough. Right. Yeah. Weirdly, after the incredible work that, that they did to, to get him back over again. <laughs> And just drops him back in the toy. He's back in the toy box. <laughs> you wait your turn. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I might be being stupid here. Is there like so? The winner of the chamber fights Roman on the same night. Yeah, yeah like immediately. Yeah. So it's immediately as well. I think. So yeah, like, I can see so, like, so Paul Heyman pointed out in in the contract that um, he that he that, it, that in the contract it said that he could, that he has to um, defend the title, but it doesn't say in the contract that he has to. Defend it in a chamber match. All oh, right, okay. Which is true. Not that's not even rocket science, is it? He didn't need to look at the contract for that. It's happened before. <laughs> Idiots. I, but like, by the way, if you happen to catch week one and were enjoying all the DDT chat, uh, sorry for <laughs> this. <laughs> We've already sold out. We've got. <laughs> We saw the figures. No one cares about the Japanese promotions. They want the big bucks. Which, which, which brings me to my next question: Are the Undertaker and Kane really brothers? <laughs> um, go on, Matt. You're up. What's your next one? Uh, the next one I can remember is um, Ethan Page is going to have a big year. Uh, he's still a free agent, as far as I know, right now. Just left Impact. Had a match that was bizarre. Him, him versus himself on uh, the last Impact pay-per-view. And I thought it was great. And then he came out and slated it himself, which I found bizarre because it was just like a stupid five-minute match. I thought that was the point. Um, I just think Ethan Page is great. Like, I like the all-ego character. I'm no expert, but when I tried to watch Evolve, he was, like, he was knocking around with two huge fellas and, like, feuding with Darby Allen, kept putting him yeah. in what Darby Allen always does, putting him in a body bag and flinging him into things. Um, but like it was great because I didn't know Darby Allen was at the time, so I was like, "Oh, he's beating up the little nerdy kid." Like <laughs> he just wants to like turn up on his skateboard, wear face paint, and have a nice opening match. And you're why are you picking on him, Ethan Page? You're horrible. And and then at the Joey Janela Spring Break, the first one, Ethan Page eliminated the Invisible Man to nuclear heat. Um, <laughs> and I just thought he's great. Like he's just a brilliant. All the things that you were saying sort of earlier in the conversation about Tate Mayfair's, like obviously Ethan Page is on the a different level right now but like he he's the old school old-fashioned like and he's in way better shape now than he was then as well he's just yeah i'm just really really like everything i've ever seen ethan page do and i was hoping that the north were actually going to break out as a team and go over to AEW or whatever and just tear it up with everyone but it seems that they're going to go their own ways and alexander's had a good start by himself in impact and i think page is going to go somewhere and make waves i don't know where but yeah I my my problem with Ethan Page is I always just thought that him and Austin Theory were the same person. <laughs> I I don't know. I like obviously now Austin Theory I see him a little bit more because I watch a bit of NXT. But are they are they the same character? No. no. I, I mean I wouldn't say so, but uh I'd say Ethan Page is in a is I I'm I you know, big fan of what Austin Theory was doing um like I seen him you know growing to a much better wrestler again through evolve and that he's great but uh i'd say from page is way more rounded and um has more strings to his bow at this point i i think oddly if you want to compare a member of the way to ethan page 
probably Gargano's heel DG USA Evolve run was quite close to what Ethan Page was in in mainly Evolve, but where he was DG USA as well. Um, that's probably a bit more of a comparison. They, I, I love them both when they were both both just great, great wankerish heels in Evolve. Like Evolve gets seen a lot as like a work rate company, but I think you know they were they were not those guys. Well, Gargano's obviously. You know, He's kind of seems like a bit of a cliche for the work rate, but his work in in a, in, a, in DG USA involves brilliant, and and Ethan Page was similar, really, yeah, just fantastic. Like I said, the, the Darby Allen feud is is kind of I think what got a lot of eyes on him, but even before that, it's basically everything he did. But like Matt says, he's just great. You know, one of these wrestlers that basically everything they do is good. He he fell in that category massively. I, I've not seen a lot of his work actually, unfortunately, in his in his um. Impact run. I've seen a couple of the North matches and thought they were great, but I'm much more familiar with him from his Evolve run. Yeah, I, I'm with Matt. I, I really hope. I, I yeah, I, I watch watch NXT and AEW every week, and I'd love it if he's on either of those shows. That'd be fantastic. To me, um, I see him far more likely to end up on on AEW, largely thanks to the fact that he's got a huge Twitch feed, which he would. Oh, right. Okay, interesting which he won't be able to fully control if he goes to WWE. And also the fact that he's cultivated this, this, this quite rabid audience about himself, a little bit like Zack Ryder did at the, in the WWE. And we all saw what happened to Zack when he was kind of a self-made man. So to me, I think it, it's, it's, it seems like he's on his way to AEW. I will also add that at least 50% of the reason I like Ethan Page is I once saw an interview with him and his favourite wrestler at the time was Ryback. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he was defending Ryback in an interview saying how Ryback was great. And I thought, that's my guy. My only issue with Paige going to AEW that I foresee is, does he step a bit too much on the toes of MJF? Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. I, I mean, you get a great you get a great confrontation between the two of them, but it's I mean, I think I think that they are different enough to coexist thematically, but I think it's a storyline you put them in. Could be could, that's where I think there's a risk of them doing too much of the same stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's yeah I don't know, but it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be good. Maybe just have one less eight man or six man tag on an AEW show if they have more. And also that that opens up the um, chance for him to hop back to Impact at any point as well, which would be pretty fun. Yeah, true. What what, what was there rumor? It, it could all be be bollocks. I'm um, yeah, this is the kind of stuff I, I I find myself reading about, but I don't know who Conrad Thompson is. Um, <laughs> but the the apparently was there rumors that the reason why I did that silly match was because there was rumors about he was supposed to fight Alexander and. There was rumours at first that he said he wouldn't do it, but then rumours like that, I think he wanted to, but whatever. There's a, 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 but I, I don't think know he if would have done the job. I, I'm judging that off nothing, but he doesn't seem like the sort of person that yeah. wouldn't have done the job. Like, judging yeah. on how he was, was booked in other promotions, well, yeah. yeah, he lays down for people. He's not one yeah. of them that protects yeah. his character too much. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I found that all a bit strange. I don't know if that was impact just trying to cover themselves or something, but, I don't, I, but yeah, I found it a bit, a bit, a bit strange. Who knows with this yeah. with this current um, thing where everyone's welcome everywhere apart from WWE? Like, who's to say that they'd left it kind of purposely with this? He's left in a bit of oh, a... work shoot. I've worked yeah. yourself into a shoot, brother. Yeah, yeah great <laughs> shout, Ross. I wonder if that's the case. That'd be great. Um, uh, Maddie C, I think you've done three now. Number four. 
Um, yeah, I'll go for another one then. This one's one that I'm not even 100% on myself, really, but I just just went for it. Um, Sonada to win the G1, which seems stranger now because obviously they've done the title match with um, Ibushi, literally, was it last weekend, the weekend before maybe, or midweek? Um, I just think that, like, whether people want to get on board or not, Sonada's a thing, and it's going to be a thing at some point. And I don't know when they're going to pull the big trigger on him, but it was close this year when he was runner-up in the G1. And Ibushi went runner-up and then won, obviously he's won twice in a row. So I literally just went, oh, Ibushi was runner-up and then won it. So they might do that with Sonada. Um, but I don't, yeah, you don't know who could be champion. Naito could be champion by then, they do Naito Sonada. Or Akada's champion and they do Akada Sonada because he's got history with Aaron. Well, they could go back to Ibushi. I don't know what they're going to do, but I just think they're, Sonada's a thing and like the G1's an opportunity to make him a bigger thing. Thoughts? Did, um, is Sonata, like this isn't necessarily to do with your prediction, but has Sonata ever beaten Okada? Is that still the story? Once, once. Ah, uh, okay. In the G1, it went like 29 and 50. It was right near the bell. He just got the win. So it was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, I, I think actually they're more likely to do though at, at, at Wrestle Kingdom. I, I think, I think rather than Sonada Ibushi, especially and uh, no, sorry, rather than Sonada Naito, after all the evil bollocks, I think they'll, I think they'll, I think Sonada Okada, um, could be, I think as a, a as one of the nights for Wrestle Kingdom main event. I think that's a very reasonable show. Um, one of the uh, ones from Matt last week was that it's getting stale at the top of the card, so I'm not going to be hypocritical and then say oh they shouldn't put it on Sonada <laughs> um. but I would say that for me personally him challenging doesn't feel like oh it's a like oh he's finally done it kind of in a Naito way it almost feels a bit like eh. but that's just me personally I, I, always, I always come back to the thing of like I don't know how Sonada he feels like he plays to two different crowds in terms of like the bubble we're in he's seen as like yeah, he's a cool dude. And then in Japan, when you watch them shows, people were going potty for Sonada. Like, he might be the most over guy at some of them shows, if not yeah. all of them shows. Like, he's he's bananas over. So I just feel like they... And, like, you can feel the electricity when he does the um, stare-offs with any wrestler. Like, the crowd are so into it. And he turns every single time he's done it with Okada, with Naito, in G1 matches. The crowd is always on Sonada's side. They're never against him. They love the guy. So I think that's why they're going to go with it eventually. Yeah. He always just seems to me like the guy that walks out in a suit at the end of a title match, right? <laughs> he's just, he's always like, he just, like, I don't watch it as closely as some, but he's just perennially the guy who's just the next in line. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him break through, but I mean, Abushi just broke through. Like, are we so, are we so quick to cut Abushi's reign short? I don't think Abushi's a long-term champion. I yeah. think that was just a moment to go, look, he's great. That was his time. He might never win the belt again and drop it soon. Like, I think he's much... He'll drop it at Dominion, I think, won't he? I think he's just so good at getting a good match out of everyone. And not that all the top New Japan guys are. But I think Ibushi especially can, like, work any style with anyone. I think he, he doesn't have to be on top to do that. He, him having the title doesn't add any wrinkles to his matches in the way that it does with Okada and Naito and Tana and all the other top guys. Do you think Akada beats um, Ibushi at Dominion? Possibly, yeah. That feels like... Well, I mean, eventually Akada's winning again, isn't he? Because he's 
the best because he's so, he's, he is the best so he has to win it again so yeah. isn't uh, in, interestingly obviously now that wrestle kingdom's like a two-nighter do you think that there is a chance that they may do um have like the second night maybe as or, or whichever way around to do it as like the more traditional new japan st- stuff and maybe have Senado winning the title and all that stuff and they have the other night as maybe the more forbidden dory type stuff and maybe have one night where there's a lot more of the aw influence and they'll be like oh yeah that was fun let's forget about it and let's have the other night being a more of a traditional new japan night i i i would definitely watch the aw night before i watch the traditional night i'm i'm that guy so i mean i, I mean there's no no reason why they shouldn't do that i think it would definitely get some eyes on the product um I, I like. I just can't believe that you would have Abushi calling himself God as a babyface to have him just be the transition guy back to Okada. But I, I just don't. I, I don't I, know, mate, mate. That's just the Catholic in me talking, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't think. Do you, I don't know how many stories there are with Abushi. Just he doesn't feel like the guy like when Okada was champion that squashes challenges all the time. He feels like someone who because of his style and the fact he always falls on his brain, should drop the belt soon. Like, he, he shouldn't fight off all challenges kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I have a different I, perception of Abushi to others. but yeah, He's also, I, like, 50. Is he? Is he a fair age? He's, like, 41, is he? Yeah, he's early 40s, I think. He looks 20. But... Yeah. Looking at your pick, Matt, and the fact that it's a G1-based, how... Excited are you about the fact that we could potentially get AEW Impact AAA guys in this year's G1? I think I Pete Ravalon's going to win the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I always think the best part of the G1 is that, and now, well, not the best part, obviously, the best part is all the amazing matches. One of the best parts is you know, when they announced the, the 20 yeah, yeah. and there's like yeah. a random Western dude in it, like when he first got announced, like a cob or. Yeah, like whatever. That's like the best bit. Oh my god, Moxley's in the G1. Like that's yeah. the best bit. So yeah, I'm I'd at, like. Imagine a former New Japan Sting in G1. <laughs> yeah, bring him in. I remember getting buzzed. Sting going 25 minutes with Ishii. <laughs> <laughs> when they used to just bring a Ring of Honor guy, like I was buzzed. They brought Hangman Page in. Obviously, before Hangman Page was really cool. I was like, yeah, they're gonna bring Hangman in. Like he's gonna have a match with a card or whoever he had a match with. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. He had a great run. And, like. Yeah, I'd be happy with with anyone coming into the gym. Like, even fun matches, couldn't you? Like even the likes yeah. of even the likes of like Brian Cage would be amazing in, in, in the G1. Oh yeah. mate, imagine Brian Cage versus Ishii. <laughs> who who do you think that would go with Phoenix? Phoenix would be oh. cool. Yeah, but Phoenix is too a little. Ju- isn't he? Too he's little. a junior. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's too little. Oh, I'll tell you what, if it's set up Phoenix versus Osprey, though. I would want, I know it's probably not, he's not a work rate guy, but um, I know he's not being booked right now strongly, but Miro would be the guy I'd pick. I just want to get him oh, out there. Yeah, that Miro be... Ishii is one of my dream matches, so. yeah, That'd be really good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, like, obviously, like, I know, I know AEW's a, a, a the, the thing right now, and, and you know, and I watch it every week, enjoy it, good show, but I, can someone explain to me what the fuck they've done there? That I, 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 you know, apart from apart from WWE kind of seemingly hating people or getting it wrong, like I, I can't think of a top star going to. A, uh, you're going back to probably WCW like days to think of when a top star has gone to a company like that and been 
got such a shit deal. I thought it was literally going to be just like a one-week thing. It was going to be a joke, and he was just going to then just tear up Kip Sabian and whatever. But it's just it's 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 actually embarrassing. Like AW should actually be actively embarrassed by themselves. Like so poor. And that we were talking about AW last week about about the concerns. That is something that should set off alarm bells for people. If that's how they treat who was a fucking big big get for them in Rusev and to put and to have the stupid stupid shit he's been in is obscenely bad. I mean, I know obviously you, you put you know you don't have all your guys on at once, and he's probably on the back burner. But there is a fucking way in wrestling to put someone on the back burner and still have him hot, and it's not like that. So. They would have they they would have they would have been better off either just having him squash someone in two minutes every single week on Dynamite like Goldberg did. Yeah, yeah. For, for two years, yeah. or or t- they've got enough money. Tony Khan should have just paid his salary to sit at home until they had something. Yeah, <laughs> like let let him let him sit at home with his beautiful wife and tank, <laughs> you know. Like I, I just who's, don't... He, who's he married to? Is it Conrad Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, um, like wrestling is easy, like, simple, right? In terms of. Yeah, right now I, I can't defend the booking of him. But one day he will snap, destroy Kip Sabian, and then we will get that run. It is annoying now that we're in this sort of purgatory where we're just waiting for it, but it, it will happen and then it'll be hot. Yeah, so. but, the, but the point is, Matt, I'm busy at work. I've got a fucking six-month-old. <laughs> My time's precious. I can't keep watching fucking shit Miro segments on the hope that he's going to do something. Because the one fucking week I'm going to fast-forward it, he's just going to absolutely destroy everyone. Then I'll turn the fucking show back on and he's going to be holding the fucking AW and IWGP title in his hands and a card will be on fire. And I'll be like, fucking, I knew I should have, I knew I should have watched it. But <laughs> like, is, is there, is there any counter argument to it? So like, obviously I'm Kota Ibushi's age, like I'm an old man. Um, I don't know if like, is, is there a younger audience that's like, yeah, Miro video games. Like, is that, is that a thing or is everyone just like us and just like, they fuck this. Just well, just fucking give them a Tamagotchi and tell them to shut up. <laughs> Tamagotchi. <laughs> it's just not acceptable. It's just not. Like, oh my god. Like I'd, I, I'd rather. It's got to point that I think I'd rather watch fucking Lance Archer than a bloody than a fucking Miro Kip Sabian segment. And it's great because Kip Sabian's fucking great at what he does. Like I, I, I'm not dissing him, and you know Miro's. You know uh, he's, he's got a lot of talent and stuff, and. Um, uh, what's the what's the lead? Penelope Ford, she got all of it. No, no, no issues with like you know the effort people doing, but just fucking imagine having that guy and doing that with him. Like, to, like Tony Khan must have that much. Like, must have stupid money to be able to do that. Going back quickly yeah. to um, Dom's prediction of um, Omega Ibushi, is there a possibility that Omega wins G One? I think it's a big commitment to take you off AWTV for yeah. that period, but an injury not? risk. But why not? I'd be pro it. They're just, I know even him winning it, but just be pro any top guy going and having nine matches that are good. Usually, where every G1 match is good, isn't it? So, usually. Who would be, who do you think is the most likely guy to, to go and, uh, do you think, had to have a run in G1, an active AW guy? Presuming Moxley doesn't count again. Yeah, 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 discount Moxley. Um, I, I'd, 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 I'll go first. I'd really like to see Orange Cassidy go on the G1. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not a 
Casadiano would be I would love that. I and I think that the Japanese fans would eat that shit up. Yeah. Casadiano, book it, please. I'm gonna go with um, the Japanese love a dinosaur. It's Luke. It's Luke. Oh, shout. That's a shout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fantastic shout. An an interesting one is if they've, especially if him and and, uh, Omega's on the back burner, uh, Hangman. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that tweet Cody did where he said Hangman was the future and everyone laughed at him? (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel so smug I'm so smug about Hank whiskey in hand (laughs) good now yeah well like it's 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 so funny isn't it that uh, like in the early stages of AW both both Paige and Omega though though in different situations were both seen as being like oh they're issues like character issues you know they're, they're not interested and now like fucking both from absolutely red hot so in different ways, Omega's work like like I always thought he was like I mean cold take, but the series of him and Akada are you know probably four of them in my top ten matches ever. You know, absolutely just incredible stuff. But um, I was never I, I found him a bit corny and was never really that into his character. But my, his his run recently on on AW and elsewhere has been absolutely gold. Just such good stuff, such old school pro wrestling, but just done very 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 well. Very cold take there, but <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, I, I just, I just keep saying with Paige, like I just, I just really relate to the sort of social alcoholic character. <laughs> like, I, I really, like, I really relate to it. I'm like, yeah, fucking, yeah, fair play. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, lads, we, we're winding down here, but I reckon Matt, you got one more. I've got one more. We're staying in AW for it. Um, it's sort of a double prediction because I thought just saying, oh, they're going to bring the trios belts in, like that's been talked about for ages. So I just tried to think of a cool trios team and I came up with uh, Death Triangle just because they're named brilliant. Um, I know Pentagon, I think he's currently injured. I'm not sure how long he's meant to be out. But um, I think a trios belt would work in AEW because I think they got enough dudes in three-man stables to keep it exciting. Um, and I can see it being another thing that they announced that separates them from a lot of other companies, like in terms of um, the major Western companies and stuff. Like, I don't think there's a trio's belt going. Japan's got the six-man belt they always forget about, but I don't think there's many. So, and it should go to some of the Mexican promotions, maybe. But yeah, I think um, them three. Ring Ring of Honor's got trio's belts. Oh, have they? Oh. Yeah, they. Marty's faction had it for a long time. Um, but I mean, what what sort of what sort of trios would we see in AEW? I guess um, best friends and Cassidy. We got Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, we got Bucks and Omega. The million dollar question is who's going to be um, joining Luther and Serpentico? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's another team for you. You've got um, what's what's Jimmy Havoc up to? Is he still? <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. I you got kid. the Dark Order. Dark Order could probably put three teams out. <laughs> they've, got, they've got enough dudes knocking around there. Uh, like Cody would knock a team together, wouldn't he? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, with some family. random people in the Nightmare family. QT Marshall and that other bloke that won the other week. Them two oh, can go with Cody. Team Taz. Yeah. Team T- See, there's so many. Like, they've got 
absolutely tons. Like stick someone with Sabian and Rusev. Yeah, in a circle. But again, they could put two teams out, right? Yeah. So, talking about Cody, can you guys remember when he was interesting? It was quite recently, wasn't it? <laughs> What's happened there? Uh, do you think is this is this Shaq thing bigger than what I think it is, or is no. it just a bit underwhelming? I'm more interested in seeing Jade Cargill than Shaq. <laughs> I'm yeah. I mean, he'll come round again when he when he's got another eighties style feud to do. It'll be good. Yeah, just, you're right. Yeah. And people have got to be on the back burner. I just think it's just it's just very. The Nightmare Family are just weird. I don't really know what yeah, I'm meant to root for them. Like, they're a bit obnoxious. Like, they're just all over the show, but, like, they always lose, like, when it matters. And, like, yeah, they're, like, top trainers. They always wear, oh, Keaty Marshall, who is he? I don't even know who he is. He's been on TV for nearly two years. I still don't know who he is. Just a bloke. Likes apples. Yeah, like, what's I, 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 I don't understand. He's got a bad name. He's got a bad <laughs> costume. He seems like a lovely bloke, but I don't want to watch I, lovely I think blokes. he's the kind of guy... Who's like a mate of a mate, and like, like after a night in the casino, like he owes you thirty quid, but you don't really know him well enough to uh, to ask him. I think that's what I think of QT Marshall. And you can't think, oh, well, should, I probably should ask him, but I don't really know him well enough. And he's got that kind of personality that would look at me like I'm a dick if I asked him. But it's like thirty quid, and he should have really said something about it. But in in all seriousness, though, he does. I think he does a lot of like the logistical bookings and stuff for the company. He, so, like, I, I think he, he's in charge of like booking airfares and shit like that. Like, he does he just stock control stuff. Start a lockdown. Didn't they use one of his? Like, it was either his gym or something that they were using. Are you basically hours. saying, Dom, that QT Marshall is Brooklyn Brawler? He, I, I believe he is. <laughs> Did yeah, you pronounce his name like he was Anthony Marshall then? <laughs> QT Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> That's more interesting. Than joining Sylvan Grenier. <laughs> yeah. What's a what, like? Which name do you like more, QT Martial or LA Knight? LA Knight. <laughs> it had to be three syllables, so he can do the thing with the hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for LA Knight. So excited. He, that is LA Knight is is one of WWE's all time best, like fourteen year old creator wrestler names. LA <laughs> night, so good, so bad, and so good. ECW probably would have had a pay per view called that because everything <laughs> had to sound like porn, didn't it? So, like, <laughs> LA night would have worked well over there. Uh, he'll be fun, though. He backs up what we were talking about last week. Uh, NXT's move to more sports entertaining stuff um, is just, yeah, he falls hugely into that. Um, so I, I guess we're sort of we, we pretty much wrap it up here, lads. So that's yeah. if you if you've made it through both parts um, of our prediction episode, you've done pretty well there, <laughs> getting through all the all the rambling. Um, yeah, listen to this from uh, Con- Conrad Thompson. What? Yeah. Shit. If it- There we have it. The predictions part two in the books. We'll be back next week with a brand new format. People bringing ideas to the round table as well as a little bit of fantasy booking. Hey, something different for the undersaturated wrestling podcast market, eh? Until then, though, thanks very much to Matt, Matt and Ross. And thank you to you, dear listener. See you next week. Drink lots of water. Look after your mates.